an unsurpassed, penetrating, and perfect dharma is rarely met with even in a hundred thousand million kalpas, having it to see and listen to, to remember and accept, I vow to taste the truth of the Tathagata's words. Good morning. Good morning. I took a look at, we're going to study for the practice period, we're going to study Zazen Shin, which Norman translates as the acupuncture needle of Zazen. Uh, Kaz in his complete Shobogenzo calls it the point of Zazen. And that's what we're going to be studying. That's where the, the uh, poem that this place is named from and that quote about the fish swimming like a fish or whatever it says. Anyway, that comes from, from this fascicle. And I just um, looked at it again and it's great. Because yeah, it really talks about Sasa and about things that we, we discuss and that he touches on, but he really emphasizes it here that it's an ongoing process and that it isn't going to you know, get somewhere. But also that it's not just about, you know, in his usual slightly cranky way, he says, however, careless students in recent times say, the endeavor of Zazen is completed when your heart is quiescent as Zazen is a place of calmness. And then he says, such a view does not even reach that of students of the lesser vehicles. <laughs> and there are those other people, also people who say practicing Zazen is essential for those who are beginners or who have started studying recently, but it is not necessarily the activity of Buddha ancestors. He doesn't agree with that. <laughs> uh, Activity in daily life is Zen, and sitting is Zen, and speaking and in silence and motion and stillness, your body should be tranquil. Do not be concerned only with the practice of Zazen. Oh, that's what they say. Many of those who call themselves descendants of uh, Rinzai hold such a view. They say so because they have not received the transmission of the right livelihood of Buddha Dharma. Who are beginners? Are there any who are not beginners? I'm going to stop because I could just read the whole thing and I think that's very boring and we'll be reading it for a number of weeks. I wanted to start talking about practice period to start us sort of thinking of it because it starts in two weeks with a one day sitting and I mean to get out something to the Sanghas soon. Next week uh, after lecture we will choose uh, practice buddies. Um, because I will not be here that Wednesday night because I am indulging myself to go uh, listen to Jane Hirschfield read at a local bookstore in Sonoma and it starts at six. So, well, there is a poem of her. Well, I wanted to say that I want to talk about two things at once. So I just want to say that this is our last practice period together. I hope it's not your last practice period. 
and it will be my last as a, as a teacher. I could imagine joining one of Norman's everyday ones down the road. So I think it's really useful for us then to, to really concentrate on it. I mean, you guys, I'm I feel like I'm preaching to the choir because of who happens to be here right now. But I'm also talking to the Sangha who I hope will listen to this. So it's such a great time, these few weeks, to settle into our practice and to sit twice a day, at least on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays when we offer extra zazen. On, on Tuesday and Friday, we offer extra zazen. And it matters sitting twice in a day. You don't really understand conceptually what happens in zazen. Say in the, uh, in the commentary uh, during the uh, full moon ceremony, you know, we, we just accept it with respect and gratitude. So to fully experience practice period, we need to enter practice period completely and find out what it means. We can't, we can't touch it really with words. We could maybe point at it, I guess. I'm hoping that I'm pointing at it, but you have to do it. And we do it as wholeheartedly as we can. And if that's only 50%, then we wholeheartedly do 50%. With what mind, with what heart do you engage in practice period? Do you engage with Dogen and his, I'm debating between advice and teaching. I guess I'll, I'll, set, I'll do teaching. But I think there really is advice, this particular fascicle is, is advice is how do you, how do you approach it with what mind do you approach it? Do you approach Zazen? How do you live Zazen? How do you incorporate Zazen in your daily life? How do you still be a beginner? I started to say, he uses the phrase beginner's mind, but this is a translation by cause. So um, I'm sure he's familiar with Suzuki Roshi and Zen mind, beginner's mind. And I suppose that that, that may be a phrase that's common in, in Japanese Zen. I don't know. But can we approach practice period with that openness, with that heart? And do this wonderful thing together and support each other in the process. Somewhere in the middle of it, we will give Zach a Raksu and a new name. And uh, right before the Sashin, we'll give the other three of you green Raksus. And I'm not sure about their names or not. I haven't gotten that far. So when you get the 
statement of intention. And you think about what can I do to participate? How can I participate? Approach it with that mind of dedication and openness, that heart of openness. And don't commit to more than you can uh, do. No, I will say it should be a stretch, but not a wrench. And then if you can do more, that's fine. That's great. But don't, don't set yourself up for failure. Don't say, oh, she said to be enthusiastic and dedicated and so on. And so I'm going to do everything. Well, maybe. And especially for those listening who have uh, full-time jobs and or families with young kids or a long commute to, Mar to Marin County from here. It's not realistic. The main thing is with what heart-mind do you approach practice period? Do you make it the major priority for you for those few weeks. It's just a few weeks. I think it's maybe seven weeks. Of course, you'd have to relate to your family. Of course, you have to go to work or whatever. And you have to do the dishes. But can this be the very highest possible priority for you for these few weeks. And not read mystery novels. I'm speaking to myself here. And you'll find, I think, that when you approach it with an open heart-mind, wholeheartedly, whole-mindedly, you will probably Maybe I shouldn't say this. I was going to say, you will find that you enjoy it. I mean, that's, that's highly likely. Even if difficult things come up, as they do sometimes when you sit a lot. But there is a resilience to people who sit a lot of sasa. There's a resilience to doing this together that's available to you. It's actually in you, but it's a, and it's more available to you when we're doing this together. And for me, it's a great, it's a great joy to immerse myself in practice period and to let go of all the extra things. So I hope that we can do that. I can't see that. <laughs> so somehow, I, I read this poem in the, by Jane. It's in the Nation magazine that just came. And I read it last night. And I kept thinking of Zazen Shane. So this is her. Poem. It's after she, she quotes somebody named Alberto Blanco. And the quote is, 
A map grows no trees. A map grows no trees. And Jane says, yet a thought is a forest. Birds knock their heads against living tree trunks looking for living beetles. This continual concussion must be why sureties so often confuse. Mosses on the north side, leaves going up, roots going down, and still, for a lifetime, I've kept getting lost. Okay. A map grows no trees. Yet a thought is a forest. Birds knock their heads against living tree trucks, looking for living beetles. This continual concussion must be why sureties so often confuse. Mosses on the north side, leaves going up, roots going down, and still, for a lifetime, I've kept getting lost. We always are getting, we're always lost, we get lost. Maybe what Sazen is about is accepting the fact that we're lost. As soon as we think we know, as soon as we lose that beginner's mind, Oh, well, and we do experience, I like that, uh, continual concussion. Living birds looking for living beetles. We are, we're living birds looking for living beetles. And we do knock our heads against what we think is reality. And it is a continued, continual concussion. And it is confusing, because it isn't reality. And Zazen helps us remember that it is not reality. We don't know what the hell reality is. I think with Jane, we're lost. It's okay. It's all right to be lost. As a matter of fact, it's good to be lost. And you, you do, you have to knock your head against the tree. You have to look for living beetles or carrots or something. But you don't have to do it so hard that you give yourself a concussion. You don't have to grasp at what she called at uh, sureties. That continual concussion must be why sureties so often confuse. Don't do it. So I'm hoping. I know that I say that, and I think, oh, Joko Beck must be fluttering under ashes, wherever she is. Because she was one of the things she was really pounding me on when I was with her that first time was give up hope. No hoping. And she meant hoping in the sense of grasping. Grasping after sureties. I hope, I think, I believe, my experience is Zazen helps, and that's 
the point that it, it supports us to let go. It supports us to lay our burden down, to stop giving ourselves concussions. And so for these few weeks, we have the chance to support one another in this practice and study Sazana. And I hope that we can do it together and that there will be a number of people that join this practice period. And I really look forward to to uh, studying this fascicle together and we will find it. I, I have, I didn't uh, Google it, so I don't know if it's online, but we'll, if not, we'll make copies because it's not in Moon and a Dewdrop and I don't think it's in the, uh, what is it, the Enlightenment Unfolds. Um, but so, but we could make a copy of it. This book cost, I think it costs $70, something like that. Hundred dollars. So it's uh, it's too much to ask anybody to uh, to spend. Plus, there's a new translation that's just come out from Soto Shu in Japan, and uh, it's uh, I think it's three hundred dollars. Mm. So this is cheap at a third the price. Anyway, this, this will be here if, if ever you want to look at it. So let me just conclude with, with her poem one more time and then we can, we can discuss it if you want. A map grows no trees, yet a thought is a forest. Birds knock their heads against living tree trunks, looking for living beetles. This continual concussion must be why sureties so often confuse. Mosses on the north side, leaves going up, roots going down, and still for a lifetime, I've kept getting lost. I'm tempted to say to her, don't boast, Jane. <laughs> anyway, does anybody have any questions or comments or thoughts about this or practice period or Zazenshin? I like the notion of getting lost because it means you're venturing into something new and possibilities of learning and expanding. Mm -hmm. If you just stay home and watch TV your whole life, you never get lost, but that's <laughs> you're not lost much in of a life. Yeah. yeah, you're lost in another way. So maybe being lost isn't, it's not a negative necessarily, it could be, but there's the positive side also. Yeah. Okay. I'm always surprised when it's practice period. It's like, oh, that's right. It's coming. It's here. Oh my, how can I possibly? <laughs> and 
and that's just the first round. And then, then there's, oh, practice period. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, because my experience in practice period, as that's sort of what happens, I always react with, how can I possibly add more anything? And then I consider what I can let go of. And there's usually quite a bit that uh, I can let go of. And like not reading mystery novels, but watching some episodes of some thrilling drama that I'm watching or something like that. Uh, not spending so much time distracted on the internet, that kind of thing. So I'm uh, taking a deep breath and thinking, ah, practice period. And that will encourage me to sit more. And when I sit more, I don't want to promise anything, but things really do get better. <laughs> Just in terms of my daily experience. I mean, even when I'm angry, it's better. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, that's my uh, cheerleading for Zazen. I just had this wonder, we have a, that could be a skit, you know. Anybody can do those kind of things that cheerleaders do, you know, with pom-poms and jumping over. <laughs> I'd be in that skit if somebody organized it. I can't jump anywhere. Yeah. So. To me, it's, it's bittersweet that this is the last one here. Um, and I find myself worrying and hoping that more people than just the choir will join. Sort of like the party, which turned out. And then I'm, and then I'm trying not to like think, yeah, but the party. <laughs> Everyone came. It'll be the practice period will be what it is. Yeah. By the way, I don't know if you guys know Ron Nestor has has bad case of COPD and other things too, I think, and he's he's quite uh, disabled. And I didn't even talk to him about the party or urge him because he, he doesn't hardly go out anymore. He he goes you know, he attends Berkeley Zen Center by Zoom, and he was there at the party. It was I went and told him how touched I was and happy to see him. I was almost in, maybe I was in tears. Anyway, that was very, the whole thing was really powerful. So I, I have had stray thoughts like that too, though. A lot of the people that were at the party were not people that, that you know, practice here regularly. So we'll see. We'll see. I I agree, and I hope there are a significant number of people. Liam, uh, there's always part of me that's very resistant to practice period, and then there's a part that's looking forward to it. And with all of your cheerleading, I'm looking forward to it a little more than I was. <laughs> 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 okay. Yes. Can I finish with a joke? I said okay. <laughs> no, no, we never tell jokes. Here. Okay. Well, you you're gonna give me a new name. Reminded me of this Jewish joke. 
about this little kid going to school for the first time. And his mother calls him Tatala, which is like a endearing term for a little boy. And um, so his mother says, okay, Tatala, you're going to school today for the first time. Don't forget to bring your pencils and your paper and Tatala. We have to make lunch for you today. And Tatala, hurry up so I can get you to school on time. So she takes him to school and picks him up afterwards. And she says, so Tatala, what did you learn in your first day of school? And he said, I learned my name is Irving. <laughs> anyway, that's going to be like me getting my new name. That's right. Maybe it'll be Irving. We never know. Okay, I'll okay. leave you with that. Beings are numberless, I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible, I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless, I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable, I vow to become it. Beings are numberless, I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible, I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless, I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable, I vow to become it. Beings are numberless, I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible, I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless, I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable, I vow to become it.